This is the Rockonomics Podcast, episode number 36. I'm your host, Dill, and today we sit across from bassist Andy Stoller, who is a longtime member of Tracy Chapman's band and contributed to her Grammy-winning multi-platinum New Beginning album. He's also performed or recorded with Pearl Jam's Mike McCready, Peter Gabriel, Bruce Springsteen, Eric Clapton, Chuck Prophet, Pete Droge, and many more. I spoke to Andy while he was playing for Ann Wilson of Heart as part of the Stars Align tour with Jeff Beck and Paul Rogers, and our conversation went something along these lines. So you mentioned Seattle is where you are now, but you're originally from Washington D.C. or yeah. what? Not state, Washington D.C. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. What was it like? What was your childhood like growing up there? Um, what was my childhood like? Uh, well, I, lived, I grew up in Bethesda, Maryland, and uh, had a sister and parents. Were, were your parents in the government work? No, or my just... dad was a dentist, uh, and my mom worked in his office. It was pretty idyllic, I guess. That's nice. Um, and. Yeah, well, that's pretty normal upbringing. I mean, I started getting into music. Well, I started playing violin, you know, like Suzuki method when I was like five. And what's that? What's the Suzuki? Oh, method? it's this. It's this. Um, it's like often, the Tiger often, Mom method. Yeah, it's an often <laughs> criticized. Well, I don't know if it's. It, it's a certain method for for young little kids, and I think it's mostly like violins and and and. Maybe piano, they have a method too, but it's very rote exercises over and over and just like drill, 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 mm-hmm. drill, 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 constantly. And I hated it. And um, and I remember every single thing. Like I did it for like three years from like maybe like five to six around there. Was that a blessing in disguise? Is that oh, yeah. something you brought oh, to, yeah. you know, even no your discipline today? Uh, d- probably. I mean, I, I, but I think it did something for my ear. Like I still, like just early hearing those, the intervals of twinkle twinkle you know thousands of times for a year mm-hmm. uh did something there's no question <laughs> sure yeah so that was and then how did um <laughs> how did how did violin segue into uh, I, uh well and then i stopped and then you know like uh, i was in i think i was like 10 and i wanted a guitar and i think my parents didn't want me to have a guitar and somehow i pushed them and because uh, you know rock and roll and 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 uh, yeah, so they, they got me a guitar, and then I um, and then I, I just I didn't stop from there, and then uh, and then I was you know taking lessons, and I started studying jazz and jazz band in high school, and and then my sister's boyfriend had a bass, <laughs> and that he let me borrow, and then so I learned a little bass, and then nobody knew bass, so I was in like all these bands like that. I think it's a common story, <laughs> and. Uh, so then I became a bass player. What were your influences that got you interested in guitar and bass in the first place? In the first place, well, I grew up, I mean, my parents, they were not musical. Uh, they didn't play instruments, but they, but they that's my Bluetooth. They, um, they, uh, we went to a lot of musicals, and they were really into show tunes and like Sinatra and, and Barbara Streisand. So that, that's all the, another thing that like, I think really affected my understanding of songs mm-hmm. from early age being fed you know the American songbook right. without really knowing it um, so I and we would just sing along with all that stuff and that's that's how I started just getting interested in music but I think when I saw like I couldn't I don't know who it would have been but you know rock and roll seemed kind of cool right but us being a similar age it wasn't 
it wasn't the Beatles. You know, Beatles were too, were too young me, to be. Uh, well, the Beatles the for me came came later. Like once I started, <laughs> once I started taking guitar lessons, my um, my guitar, my first guitar teacher, it would just be like song, teach me songs, which is how I teach people when I teach. I don't really teach that much, but he would, you know, here's a three chord song, and it happens to be blowing in the wind, and if you don't have it, go to the record store and buy it. Right. Okay. So I started. I bought Bob Dylan's Greatest Hits. I bought Harvest, Neil Young. I bought, you know. Beatles, Grateful Dead, and all this stuff started. That's how it kind of started. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds also like it's very purely musical for you. Whereas for me, I it was the image too. Like I, I like the magazines and the guys with the guitars and the drums. Yeah, that came. Was that, there? That came later, but later. yes, for sure. sure. I mean, not much later, but okay. that, that that wasn't what drew me in initially, yeah. right? Well, it's good though. Yeah, <laughs> you come from a pure musical place versus mm. a art artifice, you know. Yeah, but the I mean, I think a lot of like geeky, weird kids, um, music can kind of like save them a little bit from mm-hmm. from social. Yeah, give them a place. Yeah, give find a place and and, and don't feel so awkward and um, yeah, I think that kind of saved me. So you were saying you you. Picking up the bass gave you opportunities to play in a bunch of bands. Yeah. So when did it, when I was did, suddenly working? When did it become? <laughs> were you making? Was this high school? High school, yeah. Okay. Were you making any money at this I, point? I was. I had a few things where I was making money. Yeah. But I mean, and then I had. I was in some bands, and we were. We would make some money, but um, I remember my first my first professional gig was playing for another high school's pit thing, mm-hmm. um, uh, for for a uh, musical, and I thought, like. This is cool. Oh wow! Like it's cool. Well, I mean, you wouldn't think it's that it's that romantic, but just the fact that I, I was good enough at that point to go and kind of plant myself in another situation and play this kind of music. Something about that kind of right. Kind of. And I think at that point I was already I was reading the magazines like guitar player and bass player and looking at these guys like like Will Lee or, or um, maybe not him that early, but you know uh, Anthony Jackson, people like that. They were kind of thinking that early I'm like I think maybe that's kind of cool mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong you didn't get serious about about music until like you went to college not for music at first right or University of Michigan mm-hmm. what, what was your major at the time or what on paper it says psychology yeah okay <laughs> that, that probably still comes in very handy though I think uh, my wife's a psychologist <laughs> so probably not yeah but I just I, I didn't know I knew a whole time you know liberal arts I, I would have done it differently probably but uh, I just took classes that interested me, and so I could graduate. And then, what gave you the direction of music? I had a uh, well, right. I, I, as with a lot of kids finishing college, I didn't I had no idea what I wanted to do senior year. And one of my teachers, who was a, one of my music teachers at Michigan, I did take some music classes. Uh, said handed me the catalog to Berkeley School of Music um, in Boston and said. Uh, you will do this next. And for in and Berkeley, do you have to do you have to audition? Mm-hmm. To the, so yeah. that was that was no problem and everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, you send it a tape. Yeah, and I, and I had you know, and I applied for scholarship. She like just kind of gave me all the forms because she knew me, and uh, and it all worked out. So I went to Boston. That's great. Yeah, and that and was good. Is that a two year program or what's how does that work exactly? Um, yeah, it's a two or four or a lot of people just kind of leave. Right, they go like literally go pro at that point, or yeah, yeah, or just. Point. I mean, for me, I ran out of money, so I, I, that was it. So, but um, 
but I mean, some people actually go to college there now. You know, it's an accredited right. college. I think back then it, it was just about to start doing that. Or, yeah. Did you take any music business courses at the time? Um, I probably did. Yeah, I think I did. Which does not apply now. <laughs> not, nothing that profound. <laughs> uh, you know, because it was all about, um, you know, music publishing and right. mechanical royalties and you know, playing radio. I mean, it's all it's all just yeah. different. It was a different world back then. Yes, <laughs> I can't. It 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 depresses me thinking about starting off now as as an artist. Right. Are there any contemporaries that you? were with you at school um, at the time they're now uh, well known let's see um, yes I have to think about it uh, Abe Laboreal Jr do you know him he's the drummer in um, McCartney's band okay he was in my class um, we can come back to that yeah it'll come back to that <laughs> we can google that <laughs> so uh, post so what, uh, So you ran out of money well, the, more yeah, or less yeah I mean, I mean scholarship like, money ran out so okay. then, yeah so and then uh um, so money comes into play. Money comes into play, and so I, I some I connected with this blues band of all things, um, which is only ironic because I, I go to school, this is like fancy jazz school, and learn all this stuff on like multi-string instruments and right. and and um, and then start playing blues for a living, which is very different than anything I did while I was at school, which was also a great education because. Uh, you kind of have to like forget all that stuff for a while, right? And here's here's what, if I want to make some food money, I have to play in this style, and uh, and it was humbling and also very uh, um, you know a good education of what's really important. Right? Were you still in Northeast at this time? The yeah. Blues band. Yeah. And you were making a little bit of money, like you said, you know, something to you know yeah eat, eat with. Yeah, yeah. And we would <laughs> we would just do these circuits around New England. And we came down to. New Orleans once, um, which was kind of fun, and, and Jerry Portnoy, who was the, who was in Muddy Waters' uh, second band, we traveled with him a little bit too, and that was kind of cool, and yeah, I learned a lot about the blues. So at this time, what's awesome. what are your what are your goals at this time? At this time, I, I think I was just happy doing that, right? Because that was the first time I was making a living playing music. You're fresh out of school, so you're in. Tw- Young, young 20s, I young, assume? Yeah, I had no responsibilities except myself. Right. And, um, um, but I knew that I wanted to go to L.A. eventually. And what, what was the impetus of making that move? It was just time. I just got tired and was ready to go. And, and uh, because I wanted something bigger. Right. All right, so... I wanted to make records is what I wanted to do. Okay. Yeah. This is what interests me about, especially East Coasters that move West Coast. It's yeah. not cheap to do that. Like, were you, were you in a place where, or did you have friends, or what was your, how do you get, how do you get out there, and how do you set yourself up, like, yeah. right from week one? I had a friend, we're still great friends, I just talked to him this week, his name's Michael, and uh, he he was living out there, and uh, in the business, and he worked for a management company, and kind of was connected, and I thought, well, I'll go and stay with him, and, and uh and then I'll find a place and just kind of, I mean I was just flying by the seat of my pants right. and I got a bunch of phone numbers from this this is pre cell phones and yeah I mean texting <laughs> yeah so I had you know, lists of people to call and um, and are those producers musicians yeah. just anybody, who's, anybody who I, needs to yeah I, t- I would just, I mean I talked to everybody ahead of time and just like who do you know who can I call 
and, uh, and this was just like you know, wedding bands. I mean, any, anything I can do. Um, and so I drove across country with my dog, and I landed at Michael's place, and um, and I just ended up staying there for like three years. Yeah, and and then uh, and it was great. I mean, that that part was great. It was it was hard to it was hard to get in and uh, get started. Right. It took a while. Did you have any contacts through school at this time? At this point, either? I would I think that might have been a good way to network? Yeah, probably. Probably, but but um, but I just I mean I just started calling everybody and just started playing wherever I could, and, you know. And was your 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 break Tracy, or was there kind of you know a couple probably, of stepping stones to probably, that? Probably, yeah. I mean, we. I was. I mean, I played with a bunch of great people once I was out there. Um, and you know, I did a I did a tour with this small band in Europe, um, and great experience. I mean, again, it was your amazing. age going to Europe, it was touring. incredible. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is it? <laughs> you know, five people in a room, all of it, all of you know, it's just it was great. And then I and uh, I did some traveling with my friend Phil Cody, who's an amazing singer songwriter from L.A., and he was opening for um, uh, Warren Zevon. Oh wow! For this kind of Western Colorado-ish tour, which was that was incredible. Lots of interesting stories from that tour, and then <laughs> such as <laughs> oh, I was just telling somebody I mean, we went. You can't, we went can't to Warren Zevon and have an interesting story and leave it. Well, at that. Every, everyone's dead in, in the story, so it's okay. But we went. We went. Uh, his. We, we ended up in in Aspen. Here, this is about money. We ended up. We, we finished in Aspen, and and he was going to fly home. Um, with this tour manager and they traveled around this Winnebago and this guy from LA was going to fly out and drive the thing home for them and the guy flaked or something so it was like the night of the last show I was like Stoller you want to make 200 bucks I think it was probably and all the cigarettes you can smoke you can drive my thing back to Hollywood I'm like yes this is awesome (laughs) and uh, and he said but you got to uh," he's like you got to take me somewhere first and he's he he was I mean he was he was mysterious and, and grumpy, but also really smart and funny, you know. So I'm just a log for the ride. And so he, ha- I think he, I'm thinking he just wants to see that I can drive this thing. So, so it's an Aspen, and we're kind of driving up the mountain, and it's snowing, and it's just kind of weird. And, and he says, uh, and he's like, okay. And I'm like, where are we going? He's like, you'll see. He's like, pull over here. And it's just pull over randomly on this mountain road. He gets out. He, he, he goes in this little, like, um, like a toll booth kind of duck blind thing with a door, closes the door, picks up this um, duck call, makes some kind of pattern, puts it down, leaves, closes the door, and comes back in the thing, and they say, okay, we can go now. What the hell? I'm like, what? Are you, what the fuck? And he's like, have you ever heard, heard of Hunter Thompson? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, we're going to his house. Funny. <laughs> and we end, up, we end up at his house, and it's just, it's just bizarre, because everything you, you saw of him, like on Letterman... With his affect, that was not that was just him, just paranoid, weird. We thought we were cops, and and you go into the kitchen, and there's like newspaper clippings and weapons everywhere, and like. Oh my God. So he lives up to the billing. It, he's he's the real guy yeah. in terms of paranoid. But they were he was going to like to read his latest book, and he was they were gonna like go shooting, and and years later, my friend Phil, who was with me, he, he said that neither of us like said it's time to go we both sort of unconsciously agreed at the same moment that we have to leave now. 
all for two hundred bucks. But that was that was that's quite a, a, yeah, that's a good that's a well earned two hundred dollars. That was an adventure. Yeah, that's crazy. That really is crazy. It's funny when you started to tell the story. I was like, I wonder if if he knows Hunter F. Thompson lives there. Yeah, and you know, they're both gone now, so it's sad. But um, but yeah, but Warren, I'm Warren was great. God, what a what a talent. Yeah, he's missed. Um, so, so yeah, so my friend Michael was working for uh, a management company that had just signed Tracy. And I thought, uh, wow, you know, if she's ever looking for, and it turns out that she was auditioning a band, so. Now, where was she at, at her career? I mean, she was just signed, but did she, she hit it big with her very first album with Fast Cars. Yeah, that had, she had actually done three records at that point. Um, First record obviously exploded. Second record also did very well. Third record, uh, I think, also probably sold very well, but just not astronomical. Right. Yeah, yeah. So she was kind of um, she got a new manager and was looking for a band, and um, and she was in San Francisco. So I, yeah, I just made my way up there. What was the so? What's the audition like for that? Um, so something like that, they would say, um, uh, "Here's you know." Uh, five or six songs learn them learn them and get yourself there yeah and that was no problem yeah uh, and uh, and then and then I think I got called back once or twice and then yeah, got the gig yeah so it, you were pretty psyched at the time must, yeah I mean, that's a, and I was ready to get out of Los Angeles I was I was just you know I got the call it was Friday it's like okay we'd like to offer you the position here's all the details and you start Monday but again, how do you like? So, what do you do? Do you take a hotel for a couple of days? Do you find a rental or? Uh, yeah, uh, I had friends and. Okay. Yeah, okay. I just yeah, I packed my shit and yeah. got my dog and let's go. <laughs> what kind of dog are we talking? She was a uh, like a forty pound white shepherd mix. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna say the dog's. Uh, she was great. Put some put some miles on that dog. She yeah <laughs> yeah she got around. <laughs> um, so this was this is her new beginnings. Yes. And did you were you able to? Uh, Help write it? Were you in the process of writing songs, or was she? In the she, I mean, she wrote the songs, but but we we like workshopped them basically for God months. Okay. She just rented this. She rented this uh, studio uh, owned by uh, Neil Schoen from Journey. Okay, yeah. And uh, we just set, we just lived there for a bit, and uh, you know, we basically worked up her whole catalog. And then worked up these new tunes, and went on the road, and then right after that went to the studio. Okay. Yeah. And you were saying part of the reason to move out to LA was to get some recording experience. And had you had you gotten that in LA before you so, um, you know moved up to San Francisco? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yes, I've been in the studio uh, quite a bit, but I mean, when we recorded New Beginning, that was like that, that was at the site up in San Rafael and. Um, that was like the first time I'd ever done a record like that. Yeah, okay. no question. Yeah. And great experience. I, I yeah, it was awesome. I mean, that, that place was amazing. I mean, I love recording. I would I would stay in the studio all day. And I know a lot of people can't stand it, but um, yeah, and it was just great. And I learned so much, and it was really creative and great. Um, and she seemed to give you some amazing opportunities. I guess if, if we segue this into like memorable gigs, I know she toured the world. She played a lot of you know special things. The Am- I, I think you did an Am- was it Amnesty through her? Yeah. That you got to play with Bruce and yeah. Peter Gabriel and Yasser Endure and 
That was amazing. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Like, what, 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 stunning, what yeah. do you think when you're standing there, you know, and these three or four, what is it, three, one, two, three, yeah, yeah, four? Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I, you know, and, and, and we were, uh, I mean, a, a lot of times those things happen, like, where somebody will sit in like that, and you don't really meet them until after you've played with them. Or after soundcheck or something like right. that. And so I didn't. I didn't really. I think Bruce didn't show up for soundcheck or something, and um, and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really meet him because like we opened the show with this one song that everybody played on, and then afterwards, you know, it's like this big, like Madison Square Garden kind of place, and there's this tunnels, you know, backstage, and I, I just found Bruce in his uh, dressing room, kind of like reading this thing and I just popped my head in and I'm like hey man <laughs> you know I, of all times this is a good time to yeah. introduce myself and, yeah. well funny enough and you have a picture with him right yeah because that's before like here you know, take my cell phone take a picture of me that, that if no, I yeah. had to have a camera or one of those disposables a, right. or something must have been a real camera yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was great he was wonderful very nice um, and so and Peter Gabriel was I mean we, we were originally going to um because uh, play with the set with Peter because mm. Peter was coming without a band and so somehow they contacted said, would, would Tracy's band be willing to learn a set of like yes yes we would be willing and then but then at the last minute he decided to go with a different this African group he was he, he right. was, and um, he came to um, to uh, visit us at the um, rehearsal studio in Paris where we were playing and and introduce, you know, kind of apologize, and somehow I, I, I took it upon myself to uh, ask him. I, I forgot how exactly I said it, but it was something to the effect of, "Hey, you know, um, we we learned all this music. Would you mind? Could we like sing a song with you? Could we play one song?" And he's like, "Sure." Well, that's cool. So we played. Uh, we played with um, a song I play with Ann sometimes on "Not in Your Eyes." Uh, Salisbury Hill, or is one of its hits, or one of his his deep cuts? Don't give up. With the two of them singing, right? Yeah. Oh, that's just, just just in the rehearsal studio. That's cool. Just for fun. That's very cool. Yeah. Wish I had a tape of that, but that I mean that was great. Now, is something like is that you know, is something that intimidating to you at the time? I mean, are you going to have to chart it out, or can you memorize five songs, or are you were you aware of his songs enough to be like oh, I can do that in whatever uh, two well, days? Uh, well, I was aware enough of his songs, um, and I definitely spent time on it, yeah, to memorize it. Right. So I was prepared to perform, you know, for thousands and, of people. And at the time, in the, the dynamic of Tracy's band, were you the youngest? <laughs> um, I'm just curious, if yeah. you're, was your headspace ever... Not, I, I project, because I, I hear stories like that, and I just be like, oh my God, I'd be a nervous wreck. But it's like, you know, if you are the... The youngest, you know, kind of. What's your perception of the whole experience going on in front of you? Just soak it in as much soak as possible. In, and yeah, I think I, I think in that in that iteration of the band, I, I guess I was the youngest. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's back, always, that's back when I was young. <laughs> but were, were you always fully confident in your abilities? You yeah. never had you know any insecurities of. Well, I'm always insecure, but oh. but um, but I was. Uh, I'm always, I try to be always prepared. Always right. Say, yeah. Well, luckily that comes exciting. with every artist. I yeah. <laughs> um, what else? What other huge opportunities came out of uh, Tracy? Tracy. I mean, we did like 
You did a Clapton thing at the White House? Is that did the White right? House. That was incredible. Who was in office at the time? Clinton. Did you guys get to handshake? Handshake in a picture? Uh, I, I, I didn't, <laughs> but, um, but he was right there, you know. <laughs> Uh, with Hillary, and it was like right around Lewinsky. And, oh boy! Yeah, it was weird, but um, that was great. I'm, I'm playing. I mean, we did one song uh, with him and with Eric, and you know, I, I was in heaven. Mm-hmm. I was in heaven because this amp, you know, small amp, it was like right next to where I was standing, and I'm just like, that's so funny. It's incredible. It's like you're you're truly feeling it with your internal organs <laughs> yeah and we were and we were I was there just it was just me and Tracy we were doing a, a it was a um you know Shriver's uh so like a Kennedy Center honor thing or sorry I'm getting old now it's the it's very special Christmas for um oh right right special the, okay and um and and we had done a track for one of the records and this was like a live thing so we were going to do this um this uh, Christmas song that we did on on one of the one of the albums, and then and then they said, uh, "Hey, would uh, somebody came up to Tracy? Would you like to do a song with with Eric?" And she's like, um, "I'm like, yes, yes, she would. <laughs> of course, she would." <laughs> and they just they yeah, they swept up an arrangement for that. Uh, was good. I mean, I, when you say that, is it like they almost doing it on the run? Like you got 20 I, minutes yeah, to figure that no, out? No, I'm trying to remember because uh, it couldn't have been that, but. I think it was that day or the day before. Right. Yeah. That's cool. It's cool to hear that stuff. Yeah. It was great. That was a great band, too. It was like the Saturday Night Live band, I think, at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Have you ever played Saturday Night Live Mm-mm. as the musical guest? Um, I'd love to. We can segue into some of those things. I, I love hearing the, you know, the opportunities. I know you, you played the Grammys. You played the late night shows. Was, you did probably, was Tonight Show with Johnny or Leno? Leno, or, yeah. Um, Letterman. Conan, all those like growing up, were you fans? Of, I mean, in yeah. college, were you a Letterman yeah, guy? Yeah, incredible. And, you know. Especially the first time. Uh, probably, yeah, probably Letterman we did first, but we, we did Letterman quite a few times with Tracy for some reason. But um, yeah, it was incredible. I'm on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in it's, this it's freezing cool. cold studio. It's cool. <laughs> it's awesome. It's also very strange because you, it's all the psych. You know, uh, psychic energy and, and, and anxiety and, and nervous, uh, you know, electricity, and then you play a song and it's over, and then, and then you're done. Yeah. Did you get to meet? Her? I mean, did mm-hmm. he get to? He seems so like, you know. Letterman. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed he. Uh, I just remember his face being um, wrinkly. I was surprised. <laughs> Jay Leno was very nice. He would always come up. Always come up and just knock on the door. Guys, get everything you need. That's like, cool. like, like he's gonna really do anything if you yeah. have any water. But it was nice, you know. <laughs> yeah, we need a, a yeah. co- we need some more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like I said when we when we first met, it's funny when you you Google somebody and you start doing research, especially a musical artist that they have a LinkedIn page. Yeah. Um, and I was surprised to find your LinkedIn page. So your LinkedIn page has two. Two things I want to ask you about. One is, okay. I guess this is, your dates are 1999 to 2000. You were a music analyst at <laughs> Mongo Music. Is that what it says? Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Right. So, um, <laughs> so I guess, 1999. Wow, it's a long time ago. And that's right, so that's right at the end of... Right, at the end of Tracy, Tracy. yeah. Um, so, 
Um, I took. I decided to take a break regular. Yep. Yeah. Um, which was gonna be like a year break from music, from traveling. Um, and so I didn't know what I was gonna do. I seem to do a lot of like sort of just okay. And I'm. Legal. So there was nothing driving it. Were you burn out? Or? I was burned out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I didn't know what was. But but I I mean would just come off, you know, give me one reason and was just making another record with Tracy and so I had cushion um, and I and uh, I just needed a break um, and um, then this opportunity came up with Mongo Music, which was this. As I explained to people, it was Pandora before Pandora, basically. Oh, sure. It was a, it was a um, startup in San Francisco um, about uh, um, music matching, basically. Music and, and, and songs and how they relate to one another. And, and they, were, they were doing, um, they were collecting musical people mm-hmm. um, to write this um, formula matrix thing that would, that you, that would, um, connect uh, musical styles and musical attributes. Okay. So we, we designed this system about how to analyze a song and what, what makes a song a song as it, as it relates to rhythm and harmony and melody and um, uh, density and, and tempo and style and, and, and how to weight each of these things. And, and, and then Microsoft bought the company. Funny. Funny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which was, you know... You, Did they buy... I mean, it's funny, because the 99, that's... I mean, I think Napster came out 99. It was right at the end. iTunes came out, like, 2001. So everything is going to hell for the music industry, but the, you know, that end of it's just taking off. Right, right. Um, yeah. And so they bought the, well, the the company, they bought the technology and the intellectual property and, and the people. So um, it was the kind of deal where, well, we could moved to Seattle and um, for a, a couple of years and, and then moved back right and and do pretty well or, or just say no and move on and we decided to, to move to Seattle just to go on this adventure which was supposed to be for two years right um, and then it and then we decided okay well let's wait for the full four years and then we'll cash out and leave and then and then I started and then they, they, as Microsoft does, is they, they, uh, you know, they buy companies, they sell companies, they, they, when they, when they find that the technology doesn't serve them anymore, they just close right. it all up, and, and, um, and that happened, um, but, w- which means you got, <laughs> they, 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 they got rid, they got rid of a lot of people, and they got rid of the technology, right? So, um, but in, it, before that time, I'd kind of gotten into the whole. I, if there was something about working at a place like that that appealed to me that I had no idea I uh, had in me. Were you keeping? Was it a reg, was it like nine to five? For yeah, you know, it was a structured. Yeah, and that was something that appealed to you coming up. No, especially th- that that part did not appeal. Okay, to me. <laughs> did not. It's funny because I was saying yeah, it makes perfect sense coming off of you know the road after yeah, yeah. you know. What was I mean, that? I mean there is there is something about like five years. I mean stability and and and, and <laughs> consistency. Yes, that is. That's nice, but um, but it was more just this part of my brain that wasn't working on right. these like uh, sort of problem solving and 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 tech and and design. I, I just got into and I got into user experience design while working for Microsoft Corporation, and they made it um, 
they made it possible for me to like learn all about it. It was fascinating. Well, that's cool. Now, now going back, <laughs> going back to uh, LinkedIn. Oh yeah, it's another fourteen years. Yeah, until you're now. Again, I think it's at Microsoft. It's a principal design manager, yeah. which is using UX design. I yeah. Think. Did, were you still dabbling in it or freelancing in it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I, yes. And then, for, for sure. Um, and uh, and I, the whole, there was always, like, the plan, well, I'll, I'll stop and go back to this eventually. When, then we had kids. Not saying that <laughs> kids, will, kids are a bad thing. Kids are awesome. But um, I didn't want to be traveling around while, the, while I had babies. Right, right. So that was a conscious decision. And the kids were getting older, and and uh, but I was still, yeah, I was still playing around a lot, um, still making records, and but nothing was really pulling me away. Um, and then I kept, you know, pulling you away in terms of like putting you back on the road, pulling yeah. me away from Microsoft. Yeah, because yeah. it was a hard, it's a hard once you're in it, and then you start advancing. <laughs> It's hard to walk away from that fire hose of every month. Yeah, <laughs> just drops it in the bank. Um, I was very, very fortunate. Uh, yeah, to experience all that, but um, but also really wanted to get out. I was ready to get out, and then I met Anne, and um, you know, I started. She asked me to join her band, and then I was still working at Microsoft and just taking vacations because initially she was just doing a week here and a week there. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, I, it was too much. Was Microsoft pretty? Um, were they enabling of you to yes take take time here and there? Yeah. You know, hey, I, I accrued enough vacation yes. days to do what I want. Yes. It was. I was. I mean, I was. It, that, it was hard to leave right. because yeah, I've been there enough time, long enough time where I could, I could, I could do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's. Uh, Let's get to Anne via, it's Mike, right? Yeah. Mike McCready from Pearl Jam? Yeah. That's how you're kind yeah. of, you're... Yeah, so he does, he has this uh, band called, he has a band called Pearl Jam, of course, but he has a band called um, Flight to Mars, and they're, a, and they're a UFO tribute band. The band UFO. I was going to say, the yeah. band UFO, yeah. I, I only know yeah. like one of their songs. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they're awesome. Uh, and um, they're all great players, and they, they play once a year, for his, um, he has a, um, a charity, a charity uh, every year at, at the Showbox, which is, is this uh, uh, club in Seattle that's in danger of being torn down right now. But anyway, um, and so he, it's a huge event, multi-day, and he does. They do two nights, and they have opening bands. So, um, uh, and this particular year was going to be Anne and him playing Led Zeppelin, and um, Ben Smith, who's the drummer in Heart, and. Uh, the bass player from uh, Dave Matthews Band, right? Stefan. Yep, Stefan something. Yeah, um, he had a, like you know days before he had a he had a um, cancel. I think his kid got sick or something, and so I got a text and said, "Hey, do you want Friday night? I'm playing with Ann Wilson, playing <laughs> uh, some Led Zeppelin stuff. Where'd you like to play?" I'm like, "Let me check my calendar." Yeah. <laughs> Let me see if I have to work. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, I'm sorry, how did you first get in touch with Mike? Or oh, just, um, just the scene? Or? Seattle, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Seattle, yeah. And then, so that night goes off. Obviously, you've, you've got no issues knowing a bunch of Led Zeppelin songs on short notice. Right. Well, we, we had to rehearse, of course, <laughs> uh, um, because that music is very. Uh, 
it's not trivial at all. Not, nothing about it is trivial. Right. Yeah, it deserves study and and, and uh, attention. And um, but it was great. I mean, it was just great. It was amazing. And um, and then we did another event, you know, later in the year. And then she was putting a band together of her of her own. Now, did you play on? Did you record with her on her album? Mm-hmm. So immortal, mm-hmm. right? Um, let me just pull out a got the, some of the songs. Um, what songs? I mean, I, I guess for the for the listeners out there, she's that that album's coming out soon. It's all of a tribute to some of the um, artists who passed in mm-hmm. you know recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, which which songs or artists are, are most profound to you? Oh. Um, wow. Well, and I guess, and yeah. given the subject matter in the recording, you know, is this a, is this an, I guess, it, it, not an easy thing to do, but is is it is it harder to do when there's it's got a kind of a weight to it when it's you know a tribute album to you know some some people that luckily passed from old yeah. age and some people that passed you know too young. Yeah. I think so. I think there is more weight to it because, um, well, first of all, just doing a cover, there's there's a lot of weight to that, in, just because it's a cover and you you know it's already been done, so you got to right. you know, do something. I mean, it's it's interesting because Ann Wilson's singing it, but you also want it to be a little different and make it your own. And, um, um, but yeah, I mean, but Tom Petty was a big that was a big one for me. We did a we did the song called Luna. I think it's from his first record. And on the record, it's very vibey too. But um, that and the Chris Cornell song, yeah, obviously, it's from Seattle. And, um, um, it, it has been a hard, weird couple few years. I mean, it's it's insane. It's just going to keep, yeah, it's just going to keep happening because we're old. Yeah, well, it's fine. I mean, I've said it before on this show a lot. It's just rock. Rock is really pretty young. I mean, if the you know, if it's, I know the, you know, the Beatles and the Stones were influenced by you know the blues and heavy blues before it. But if you take the Beatles and the Stones, those guys, you know, half of them are still kicking and playing, and you know, men thought they would be giving it up by the time they turned forty, and they're about to turn. <laughs> what are they about to turn eighty? Yeah. So. Yeah. But it's interesting, it's just funny that there's never been, they're still making the blueprint, you know? Yes. I think now there's, you know, I think generations before that, or after them can think, I can I can still be doing right. this. Right. Or they never thought that before. Right. right. Um, so is her current tour heavy on that album? Yeah. So, we're, I mean, we're only, for this, for the Stars Align thing, we're, we're only, we only have 45 minutes. And so, um, yeah, she just wants to focus she would love to focus solely on that, but right. um, but we do uh, we do one or two heart songs depending on how much time we have, and then the rest are from the record or other stuff. What's your favorite heart song to play? Oh gosh. <laughs> <sighs> well, I mean, I love playing Barracuda because everyone loves it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Will they pull that out more times than not? Barracuda? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but starting starting last year, she started, she threw in a bunch of Who songs, which has been just 
tremendously fun for me to play, obviously, right. as a bass player. I, I didn't, you know, she actually sent it, she, we would get these texts of like these song ideas. I, was, I didn't know if she was kidding with some of it. And we do this, uh, this is not on the record, but this song by Yes called um, Your Move. It's the, it's the first part of um, I've Seen All Good People. Right, okay. The beginning of that's a pretty acoustic, heavy vocal thing. Um, Cause it's time. Cause it's time, it's time and time. Anyway, and uh, we thought she was kidding because we didn't know. We were like, <laughs> we had no idea uh, that she was serious, and we all learned the tune. It was great. I mean, I, this is this is some. Those are some of the songs I grew up with, and are just yeah, part yeah, of my, yeah, for sure. It's like the uh, album oriented rock of the seventies or eighties. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, yeah. And she loves music, which is interesting to say that because you think it would, it's obvious, but I think not a lot of. Let's see. When you're doing it for that long, yeah, or to keep the passion. Yeah, that's still still nice. like into it. Yeah, she's still like into it. Like she can like we can sit and chat about you know, geek out on a Beatles record. You know. Hello. Hi. No, I'm good. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. yeah, I've seen her on a couple of times. Like, especially, she seems very uncompromising in a good way. But also, I think if you go back to kind of their second wave when they were having outside songwriters come in, that she was very uncompromising of what she was going to sing from those outside songwriters. So that's interesting to hear you. You kind of reiterate that she's uh, she's still got that fire. Yeah, that's good. But yeah. that's I think that you know, that that's what makes her successful yeah. all these years. Um, so what's what's next for you? Uh, well, we're gonna we're finishing up the twenty seventh. Uh, we have a couple. We're doing a couple shows with Cheap Trick in September, and I think we're we're playing a TV show in October. I'm not sure I'm supposed to say that yet, but well, there's some, there's there's something on her. I think your site and her site. Uh, Did you guys film something for oh, like yeah, either yeah. PBS or like a That's, doc? Right, a documentary. That's also out? going to happen. I don't know when. Are you are you interviewed? Are you on it? Is it mm -hmm. all okay? That'd be interesting to see. Yeah, no, it's not interviewed. It's just, a, or I'm not interviewed, but it's a, um, it's it's a performance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we did in Chicago earlier this year, and then next year probably stuff will happen again. All right. That's sort of being talked about, and I'm probably I think I'm going to be doing a um, a uh, musical in town in uh, in January. Okay, yeah. Let's touch on that really quick because you did um, a night with Janis Joplin. Was, was that awesome. on Broadway? It was at, uh, or just no, a Broadway adaption in the traveling Broadway. Okay, uh, show. So you played. Yeah. You were in the pit, I guess. This well, this the, particular how, thing, and then the one I'm going to do is uh, these are on stage. You're on stage and uh, and um, in costume, and so it's kind of okay. That's fun. It's a little more. You got to like awake you know <laughs> in the pit you can kind of hide and check your phone but no it, so yeah it's and this this one coming up um i think it's the same thing yeah and then yeah but but as far as christmas or winter time i'll probably just hang out with the family yeah. okay um one last question before we get to the last five questions yeah my final five um you did you recently did a work for a soundtrack yeah so I'd never done that before. Um, I mean, I'd worked on compositions before, um, obviously, well, not obviously, but I have. And, and um, this opportunity came up 
um, and uh, the, the, everything kind of aligned where it, it was easy for me because I, I would never take a, a, a composition gig like that without um, uh, only because I, I didn't have the, the technical acumen mm -hmm. to, to deliver what I um, not, not the musical but the, but the you know um, recording uh, like engineering or exactly okay Thank you. Um, and a, fr a friend of mine, Jason Stasek, he's a brilliant musician in, in uh, Seattle who um, is also a composer and a sound designer. Um, he, he was, I got him to be the sound designer so we could work together and, uh, and it was just a great experience. Um, very, I'm not sure it's something I am made for because um, it, it, the, the minutia involved is, right. is incredible. I mean, it was a great learning experience, and I, and I just had a blast just you know, playing all the different kinds of instruments and things and composing in a way I wouldn't normally. But, um, you know, the, the amount of time you spend on a 10-second on a cue is, yeah. is incredible. Would you ever consider uh, commercial work? So instead of a 90-minute movie, a 30-second commercial? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I, I, my, my but does it interest you, like, to, you know, to... To either your scoring or your, you know, I, I, yes, I think I would, I would do, I would try that, and and I probably just enjoy most showing up and playing. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that's okay. what I think. I think I learned that, but <laughs> but um, it was it was it was great. It was great, and I don't know what's up with the movie. I can't say. Is it, are they going to be? Uh, is it going to be one of these? Um, It'll probably be available. Hit, on hit the festivals. I I'd, see what happens. I think. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. That's cool. It's called. Um, it's called. Sun Up, Sun Down. What's uh, what's it about? It's it's a short film about um, a woman um, who's kind of going a little crazy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right. The final five. Yeah. I don't know if you heard these in my previous. But, no, um, I know. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first question is: uh, Your house is on fire. Your yeah. loved ones are safe. Okay. If you still have a dog, he or she is safe. Okay. Uh, what musical memento do you run back in to retrieve? I mean, I guess I get my bass. Your bass? My 66 Fender Jazz bass, yeah. Is that something you've had for years and years? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yeah, even though it's not the not the uh, the one that's probably not worth... I have other things worth more than that, but that's... Sure. But, but sentimental value. Yeah. Okay. I, a story. Yeah. So we, we we did a gig last summer with um, Santana, and uh, boy, that band. Um, so he we, we did our set. We walk off, and Santana's Carlos is there. He's like, "Oh, you guys sounded great." We're like, "Wow, man, thanks." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "He's like, hey, that bass." And I'm like, "Yeah." You know, I'm still holding it, walking. I'm sweating. And he's like, "Yeah. What 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 year is that bass?" And I said, "I think I think it's like 1966." He's like. Oh man, that bass! He's like, that's the sound. And first of all, to hear that from oh, him, yeah. They're, 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 but it's a double-edged sword when somebody compliments your, your gear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, but still, it's coming from Carlos. I'm like, thanks. He's like, that's the sound. He's like, that's the sound right there. I was like, thank you, sir. He's like, how much you want for it? No way. Way. And I said, what? He's like, how much <laughs> you want? Is it for sale? I said, ah, I don't know. He's like, think about it. And 
So I did not tell it to him. <laughs> yeah, but like, have you have, since then? Have you looked it up? I mean, are, can you find one on eBay? Can you find one through? Oh, I know how much it's worth. I, I just didn't want to sell it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But at least point them in, like, hey, get another. Oh, one. oh, yeah. <laughs> well, those instruments, it's kind of like it's not. You got to see. I, I think it doesn't really it work. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's that one. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's yeah. very cool. That's worth the yeah. It's worth going back into a fire to get. Uh, question number two: If I was, if this show was so successful that we had sponsors and we had enough money to write you a check for a million dollars to give to one charity, which one charity would you donate it to? Jesus! <laughs> oh man, you're killing me here. <sighs> you can save that theater right here, right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I, if it was only one, unfortunately, probably wouldn't be that. It would be. Um, uh, probably um, AMFAR or American Cancer Society mm-hmm. American AIDS Foundation just one but we I mean we we give to a variety yeah yeah but that's a t- that's a tough one yeah well I, the one charity makes it tough yeah <laughs> so, yeah but I, I mean we, we just lost someone last year to cancer so that's that's the first thing I thought of yeah, yeah, yeah. sure okay uh, question three is what would your walk up music be to the pearly gates <laughs> Um, uh, staying alive. <laughs> nice. I just uh, picture walking. <laughs> You're strutting up. That's good. Uh, flip side of that is what's stuck on repeat in hell. Oh my god. I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> it's always a tough question, depending on who you are and what you do in this business. Some people are have to have to take the fifth. Yeah. Um, air supply. <laughs> Any particular song? They got some good catchy songs. That's the thing. I mean, I'm thinking about it. But in, in the end, like, th- yeah, they're probably good songs now. But, like, yeah. but just on Infinite Repeat, it would be. Yeah. Well, on Infinite Repeat, I guess even your favorite song would probably end up being hellish. But that's yeah. fine. I'll take that. All out of love. Uh, last question is a uh, concert that you've witnessed as a fan. Oh. Well, the last concert I saw was um, it was uh, actually Anne. I went with Anne and her husband, and they took me and my wife for my birthday to go see Robert Plant and um, the Shapeshifters. Oh, so good! And and Lucinda Williams opening. Oh, cool! Very cool. But man, that yeah, that band. I regret saying, yeah, he came through a, a month or two ago. What's great is that they. It feels like a band. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a yeah, yeah. You know, magnetic superstar um, who has this presence. He just walks out. Just kind of, uh, not many people can do that. Uh, but but just and, and any of the Zeppelin they did was reworked in a way that sounded like that band, which was and and it was still just awesome. That's and playing with Anne, I know that how hard that is. Like yeah, to yeah. try to. It's funny about all people that cover Zeppelin. She her range is really is more spot on than a lot of yeah. males. Yeah, it's, it's great to hear. There was this. There was I think two years the, the year Prince died. Uh, it was the year before that when he played. He played at the Showbox in Seattle. This this club I was talking about. Um, and we got to we got to see that, and that was there was this year. Like my, my wife and I, our, our musical tastes. It's basically like where it really crosses is Prince, Beatles, and Stevie, and we saw Paul, Stevie, and Prince like 
within months of each other That's in cool. Seattle. And it was, you know, seeing, seeing the beauty of seeing like live music with other people who feel the same way you do about it. Right. Especially stuff like that where, like seeing Paul for the first time where, you know, people, everybody's crying <laughs> because it's part of their soul, yeah, sure. it's music. And, and, and it's still, still amazing. Is the show box like a 800 to 1200 seater? Mm-hmm. So it's a theater? Uh, no, no, it's a club. It's I mean, club, they, they, okay. I think they put seats down sometimes, but yeah. it's mostly standing. And, yeah, it's always nice yeah. to see. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was incredible. It was unbelievable. And, we, and we'd seen him a lot, but that was, you know, you could smell him. I mean, <laughs> and he smelled good. Smell like lavender? <laughs> yeah, something. He smelled like Prince. I just heard, yeah, there, uh, <laughs> two or three guests ago, he, he mentioned Prince, and he said, when he left the stage, the lights didn't go on. On, I, I guess maybe maybe some lights went on, but he's like, "Wait a second, this is fishy," and you know, half the crowd left. And literally thirty minutes later, he came back on and he played for like another, I forget what he said, another half an hour, forty-five minutes. So that's cool. Cool little trick. Well, Andy, thank you for sitting down with me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, there was the, there was not. I was I was waiting for the money questions. <laughs> it's uh, you know, like I said, I'll spring them in here and yeah. there. But uh, it's, I do. Like, I mean, as far as as far as finances go, it it's fucking hard. It's a hard thing to do, and I, I feel I'm so grateful, and I know that you know knock on whatever this too shall pass and uh, it'll, there'll be something else down the line but but when 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 players when young kids you know like come to me and say I want to do what yeah. you're doing what, 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 what do you suggest and the number one thing more than practice is don't be an asshole that's interesting I mean I think I, I mean obviously but the more the more I hear uh, you know when I talk to people but also other podcasts about you know Musicians such as yourself is like the hang. How important the hang is. Like no one wants to be stuck with an asshole. Right. And and if and if I mean and nobody you, nobody wants to hire somebody even, even if you're great and the hang isn't good. You know they will hire the person that's not quite as great, but you know the hang is great. Yeah, yeah. Because you're going to be so some of it you can't control, but you know not being a dick as a strategy to make money <laughs> because a lot of people don't uh, are in it for themselves or I mean everybody's in it for themselves obviously because you've got to make a living but but um, you're unwilling to compromise and, yeah, yeah. and when you do the kind of thing that I do it's you know I'm, I'm here uh, at the request of you know Anne for this job or, or at a session for the producer and you're there as a um service person right this, this person makes the food this person sweeps the floor this person plays the bass and everybody has their little function right and so to sort of keep that in mind humility that's yeah if I, had, if I wanted to stress that yeah that, that's that's good to hear I thought you were going to say have something to fall back on <laughs> oh well yeah. which I think when you have a passion that's the last thing you want to hear it's like go for it yeah and figure everything out later uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. So. <laughs> don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't have a fallback plan. Yeah. That way you're forced, you're forced to succeed. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. Yeah, that's awesome.
right. Thank you, Andy Stoller. To keep up with Andy, you can visit his website, andystollermusic.com, which, given his knowledge of user interface and user experience, is a very well-designed and tastefully done website. I must say, I should have asked him more about it. My bad. My bad. Okay, we will not be back next week. We will be taking a short hiatus to get more interviews for the show, so we'll likely be back up and running in October. So follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for updates on that. Uh, That is all for this show. Episode 36 has run its course. Good night, Cleveland.